0: Hey, before we get into today's conversation, I have a favor to ask. Can you fill out the CityCast Philly survey? It's for us to learn more about our listeners and to make CityCast Philly a better podcast for you. Go to citycast.fm slash survey. Look, the survey takes about five minutes. That's citycast.fm slash survey. And when you take the survey, you'll also be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. Go to citycast.fm slash survey. Okay, now here's the show. Today on CityCast Philly, SEPTA is updating the key system. It's the electronic smart card system that replaced tokens and paper passes. But that initial rollout took years and ran into tons of problems along the way. I'm speaking with a reporter about what we can learn from past transit mistakes and what might be coming next. It's Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Trina O'Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Jordan Levy, general assignment reporter at Billy Penn, you recently wrote a piece about the initial Septa key card rollout. But before we get into all that, can you describe what this system is?
1: No doubt. So the Septa key system was the primary way that Septa wanted to move forward from the tokens and weekly passes that seasoned Philadelphians, no one maybe love. It was trying to be innovative. It was wanted to be the first system wide card system. In 2008, when they put out the initial request for proposals, that was when they were asking for the smart cards, which were starting to come into vogue at that time. Mm -hmm. And it really wanted to use radio frequency identification technology, RFID, to be able to tap at a turnstile like we do today and be able to walk through.
0: Got you. So, Jordan, last month, SEPTA announced that it wants to get rid of the key card system. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. This is what they're calling Key 2.0, at least for now. But really, it's because they want to move to an open architecture in terms of the software being used. Key was built by a firm called Conduit, and they use proprietary technology. Essentially, what they want to do is be able to adjust quickly. A lot of the features would still be roughly the same, but they also wanted to adjust. For instance, when it comes to regional rail, um, they want to be able to make sure that Key cards are more functional. I think one other thing they want to be able to handle better on the card is free transfers whenever a rider might need them.
0: Okay, so what does this actually mean for riders?
1: Well, it's a bit remaining to be seen. The request for proposals is due. The deadline is July 14th. And SEPTA is currently saying that they're not sure whether they'll see any of the rollout of the new software until 2025. The open architecture bit Is really much more about adjustments for the future because they want to make sure that they can make swifter, hopefully less expensive changes due to having a software system that is already able to incorporate other updates, I guess is the best word to put it.
0: Got it. So talking about that money part, how did the key system wind up costing the city so much money?
1: A lot of it does have to do with that proprietary technology that conduit built. There were millions and millions of lines of code, is what SEPTA officials were saying around 2015, explaining why, why things were already delayed a couple of years. Mm. And the technology that Conduit built wasn't clearly defined at the time of the contract being signed. At this point, the contract itself has changed about 28 times. Wow. And every time you change the contract, you add some money on there because it's new features, new Engineers you might have to bring in for an an aspect and a Plan Philly article from 2015 essentially put it like this, saying that when you have to change the specs that you want on a system so many times, it means you didn't really know what you wanted from the jump. It means Mm -hmm. you had to build the plane as you were flying and that accrued some costs over the years. And by some costs, I mean more than double what it initially was planned to cost
0: can you explain the okay so like the last time septa overhauled the payment system it took like seven or eight years to even pilot a program Mm -hmm. why did it take so long
1: it goes back to well it goes back to, to a lot of things but but the reason septa primarily told the public were issues with software design fixing bugs there was a few years there between 2013 and 2015 where it was all software design bugs. That was when they stopped even giving a, a prospective end date because they weren't sure when it would all be worked out. So that was a big problem. Another aspect of it was parts of the key system that were initially planned fell out. For instance, the, the, the aspect of using cards, debit cards, mobile payments from your phone, that was a part of the initial request for proposals. That's going to be rolling out this year in fact, 14 years after they initially thought that would be part of the plan. Wow. So another thing that fell out was fair gates. Those gates that are about 9 to 11 feet tall, basically to prevent turnstile hopping. That was also proposed as a part of the system. But as they worked through the years of software updates, and building code, and realizing that it was not going to be simple, these things had to fall out. But they were worked on for years as part of that design process, at a certain point, you know, had to cut their losses, but they couldn't get that time back.
0: Now, Jordan, I remember when riding SEPTA, even before the key card, right, people paid with cash, with coins, and you can imagine how frustrating that would be if you had kids, if you had a lot of bags, Mm -hmm. if you're running for the bus. Then, you know, you had to pull out your tokens and those paper passes, right? And yeah. you could only go to, like, specific stations to purchase tokens, and they would come in these, like, plastic bags of, like, you get five in a bag. So, you know, you if you had to, like, spend a week, you know, riding off of tokens, it was, mm. it was pretty tough. Sometimes we had those um, passes and you would get those stickers on it. And they would identify like if you were a male or female, yeah. and you know people used to like switch them out sometimes. <laughs> you save the stickers, you know. I mean, it is what it, it was how we how we rode SEPTA back in the day. Can you just like remind us why did SEPTA even want to change the token and paper pass system in the first place?
1: For sure, and I think you mentioning the plastic bags is a big aspect of it. So one of the the major sales was. Except to saying this is one of the best ways we can start to go green, start to have less disposable, hopefully longer use. You know, if you hold on to your key card once you get it, it, it should be good for a few years. Meanwhile, if you, you know, ride transit every day to work, if you work even half a year, that's 26 or so. Plastic bags you're throwing out every week and that's just for one person.
0: So also a part of them transferring from token and paper passes, were there reasons maybe for like ease and convenience and modernization?
1: Of course. And you know, you said it yourself that sometimes you're just using those tokens. And then if you run out of them at the wrong time, you know, you could be out of luck. Ideally, the fact that you could have one thing you pull out of your wallet every day, you don't really have to worry too much about finding a spot to reload it. Of course, that's not all the way there terms the functionality today, but it was definitely a plan for ease of use. And you know the collaborations they have with the school district, the collaborations right. that they're starting with key advantage for businesses right. to give their workers reduced fares. That wasn't an, another thing they wanted to be able to incorporate it around other institutions in the city, other businesses to make it adopted more widely, really.
0: Right. I think it's great to have that benefit for workers.
1: Me too, for sure.
0: Now this sounds exciting to have like a new system that gives riders better options to pay for a ride. But, you know, could we expect maybe some some similar problems with the new system?
1: That's a good question. And I wish I could say for sure. I know the hope right now is that it's not going to be the case. SEPTA is looking at some financial challenges, especially with the end of federal funds resulting from legislation and pandemic relief. And so that could end up being a challenge down the road, especially since in their latest budget hearing uh, earlier in the month of May, they did mention the concern that they would have to perhaps cut service and raise fares. So there's gonna be some challenges for SEPTA going forward. And I know what onlookers like myself are hoping is that it won't necessarily affect the rollout of this new technology very soon.
0: All right, so speaking of those like personal experiences, Jordan, what's been your experience traveling through the city with the current key card system?
1: You know, I guess I can't have too many complaints about the functionality A key card has never not worked when I've had money in my account. (laughs) Right. The, the 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 bigger frustration is really how that money can get into your account. For instance, I bought a key card and I was able to upload and really add funds to my travel wallet from my mobile app for a while. And then that completely shut down both on their website and also just on your phone. I know I'm not alone in this, but many folks cannot at this point add travel funds to their wallet um, through the app or website and have to go to the kiosks in person. So if you're not monitoring your um, account, let's say you swipe on and you didn't check and you didn't realize that was your last swipe. In a perfect world, you would be able to just add money from your phone. And in the world we live in, that is not always the case.
0: Okay. So Jordan, as a SEPTA writer, what do you want to see change about the new electronic fare system this time around?
1: I mean, the account-based issues I think are the biggest thing for me personally, because functionality has generally been fine except for promises that you could add money anywhere, anytime, and those promises not being true in every case. So I think for me, that's my biggest wish. Otherwise, I'm just hoping... That especially as they revamp some of the payments on buses and trolleys, recent news just broke that they're going to be getting rid of the fare collection boxes. I just hope there's no hiccups in that regard. And of course, my wish is that it comes on time.
0: Always. Jordan Levy, general assignment reporter at Billy Penn. Thanks for breaking this all down for me and joining me on CityCast Philly.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: We'll have a link to Jordan's full story in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. The Sarah Morris Pool in West Philly is reopening. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, the school board voted to sign a $15 million deal with the city to bring back the Olympic-sized indoor public pool. It's been closed since 2017. Now, a specific date of the reopening is still unclear. And if the sky in the city looks... Hazy? Well, a Canadian wildfire is the reason why. NBC10 reports hundreds of miles away, a wildfire has burned over 25,000 acres across the southern end of Nova Scotia. The wind is carrying the smoke into our region, and it may shift over to the suburbs by the midweek. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.